Welcome to the newest installment of The Voice Speaks. I am Olufemi Nathan Executive Director of Eternal Crown Ministries and host of this podcast. We're moving on to 2 Samuel chapter 1 and continuing our study of David's life. And as a little something to think about and take away, we're going to call this one Liar Liar. Is it ever acceptable to tell a lie? I mean, really, what's the harm in a little white lie? Well, a couple days after David returned to Ziklag from recovering what the Amalekites took, a man came to him and claimed to have killed Saul. He made it sound real humane and logical. Saul was dying, leaning on the staff, and he didn't want to be killed by the enemies and mutilated. So he asked the man to kill him. You know, he was just carrying out the wishes of the king. But it wasn't true. Saul fell on his sword because his armor bearer was too concerned about the consequences of carrying out that request. Now, could the Amalekite have been near them and seen everything that happened? That's quite possible because what he said was really close to what happened. Which, that's one of the foundational pieces of a lie. Oftentimes, there's a little bit of truth to it. But as Elder Johnny James said, a half-truth is a whole lie. And the Amalekite, the man who came to David uh, after everything happened to let him know that Saul died and claimed to have killed him, isn't the one who did it. Now, he probably thought he was going to get a huge reward for taking out David's enemy. I mean, there's precedence for this type of mercy killing. Abimelech, who's Gideon's nephew, had his armor bearer strike the final blow when he was wounded in battle. However, if the person who was serving Saul, his armor bearer, the one who was right there with him in battle, carried his things, would protect him and do his best to keep him safe while he was in battle, wouldn't kill Saul and killed himself after Saul died. What made this man think that he was going to get rewarded? I mean, David himself refused to lay a hand on Saul while Saul was doing everything in his power to kill David. So, for what he said he did, David killed him. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 22 says, God detests lying lips. There's great, great power in words. The things that we say, whether they be uh, flippant or well thought out, our words carry power. So many people are still living under the power of someone else's words. Whether they spoke life into them or whether they spoke death into them, told you nothing, you'll never be anything, and all that. There are people living that out today because of something that someone else said. Pastor Ryan quoted Hebrews 11 and 3 a couple weeks ago, and it really stuck with me. It says, By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command 
so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. So the heavens and all of the bodies within heaven, the, the starry host, uh, the, the amazing galaxies and all of that, everything that we know about was framed and created by the word of God. It's great, great power in words, which is why he detests lies because of the power that goes along with lies. So when you think about what a lie is, you know, I start thinking, well, what's the opposite of a lie? Well, truth is the opposite of a lie. John chapter 14 verse 6 tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So lying is antichrist because it is at war with the very nature of God. Jesus is true. So a lie is antichrist, anti-Jesus. It's not true. John 8 and 4 tells us that Satan is the father of lies. Well, you can't get more antichrist than Satan. And Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, where Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Exact opposites. And the destiny for liars is very grim. Sin makes you its slave. Therefore, lying being a sin causes you to be a slave to lie. As I was putting this together, I thought of a commercial that I used to watch as a kid on Channel 24. Boy, they had some great shows back in the 80s and their commercials, especially their PSAs, really hit home. Uh, the one that it made me think of was, uh, and if you're old enough to remember this, you know, if, when you tell one lie, it leads to another. When you tell two lies, cover each other. When you tell three lies, old brother got trouble up to your ears. I'm not going to sing any more of that because, yeah, God is blessing man the voice with uh, many things. Vocally singing isn't one of them, but I will put that uh, commercial out on my Twitter as well as my Facebook if you want to see it and either reminisce or actually hear <laughs> what it sounds like but sin makes you a slave and you are a slave to lies because you have to then tell so many different lies to try to keep up with things and make right what was wrong in the first place where in the opposite end of things, the opposite end of the spectrum, John 8.32 tells us that the truth makes you free. We already established that Jesus is the truth. Jesus makes you free. The truth, which is a essential part of who God is, makes you free. He came to bring the good news that he saves us from sin. The truth makes you free. Lying does not. Not only do you become a slave, but if your life ends under the weight of this sin, Revelation 21, 8 tells us that the coward, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, 
the idolaters and all liars. They will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. The Bible is telling us all liars have their place in the lake of fire, the second death, where there's no coming back. Makes me think of a, a line in one of uh, the craze songs that says, uh, speaking about the YOLO culture, uh, yeah, you only live once, but you can die twice, and you can't come back from the second death. Lying, as all sin is, God hates it. And because he doesn't put a specific um, weight or differentiate things when it comes to sin, sin is sin. So a liar is just as bad as someone who's sexually immoral and, and going out and ruining people's lives with their sexual activities. A liar is just as bad as a murderer, just as bad as an unbeliever. You say that you follow Christ and you're a liar. It's just as bad. And the end is the same. This is why you must make truth a lifestyle. Don't lie. Don't live wickedly. Romans 1.18 says, Wicked living suppresses or it holds down the truth by their wickedness. You keep truth from coming out, living a life that's wicked. You are not living in truth if you're living wickedly. 1 John 1, 6 says, If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Fellowship with Christ is how you live out the truth. And you can't say you have fellowship with Christ and walk in darkness. That's a lie. You're living a lie. You know, you may think, okay, hey, I can kind of get ahead a little bit, you know, if I, if I lie on my, my taxes or, you know, say that I have the ability to do this. That may get me the job or something. You know, I can't, I can't necessarily tell the truth or I, I may not get the things that I, I could get. Well, Proverbs chapter 19 and 22 tells us that it's better to be poor than a liar. And a little further in Proverbs uh, chapter 23, verse 23, it tells us to get the truth and never sell it. Grab hold to the truth. Get a firm grip on who Jesus is and don't let it go and don't let anything come in that will cause you to lose that grip, that will cause you to give up that hold on Jesus. You may be hated for the truth. Amos 5.10 says there are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. Why do they detest them? Because telling the truth throws salt in the game of people. You know, it keeps them from being able to try to get over with their lives. But let them hate you. Let them detest you. It's better to be be detested by detestable people than to be honored and, and welcomed in by them. It's better to be hated for the truth than love for a lie. Remember that Christ said that if we suffer for him, we'll reign with him. I want to close out with Ephesians chapter 5 verses 8 and 10, which says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. 
For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. This is how you make truth your life. Find out what pleases the Lord. Live in the light of the Lord. Let that living in his light and being children of the light produce the fruit that comes with it. The fruit of goodness, the fruit of righteousness, and the fruit of the truth. That's how, again, you make truth your lifestyle and avoid the pitfalls that come with living a lie. Selah, pause, and think about this. Until next time, God bless.